Hello, welcome to episode six. Are we on episode six already? Don't ask me, I'm rubbish at keeping count. Yeah? Yeah, I think we are. Welcome to episode six of At Least You Didn't. I'm Caroline Verdon. I'm Annabelle Buckland and well done for sticking with us for this long. Thank you for joining us for our horrendously embarrassing tales of ridiculousness. If you haven't heard our podcast before, basically the pair of us are disaster zones and we realised during lockdown that one thing that made us feel better was sharing our disaster stories with each other and we just thought, why keep these stories to ourselves? Let's share with the group. So so we wrote down on pieces of paper the terrible things that we've done. We popped them into a bag. We popped them in the post. And then I received Annabelle's bag. She received mine. We opened them up, started a Zoom call, clicked record, started drinking copious amounts of gin, and then one by one shared our tales. And a few months later, a beautiful podcast was born. <laughs> <laughs> You can find us on social media. We are always up for a little bit of chat around your stories as well. We are at least you didn't on Facebook and Instagram and that kind of thing. We have been getting some fantastic stories from you. And when I say fantastic, oh. I mean just horrendously embarrassing um, on our on Instagram. And this week we will be speaking to Katie from Lancashire, who... Um, Let's just say she revealed a little bit more than she was expecting mm. to on her friend's family holiday. We'll leave it there. What else have we got this week, Caroline? On this week's episode, at least you didn't nearly get killed by a hippo twice. Get exactly what you asked for on a second date and not in a good way. Or do the worst thing imaginable on a kid's play date. At least you didn't kick a baby. I tried to snog the vicar. At least you didn't show the bin many knickers. It could be worse. Okie dokie. Caroline, at least you didn't nearly get killed by a hippo twice. <laughs> I don't like to do things by halves. <laughs> okay. So, honeymoon. We went to Africa. We went to Kenya. Yeah. And we did a safari. And it was incredible. I bet. Apart from one thing where we went to this place called Lake Navrasha, which is gigantic lake full of hippos. And Amazing. Yeah, I love hippos. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I thought, how brilliant is this going to be? And they get you into these tiny little boats that are made of random bits of wood they've found. Resourceful. It, okay, yeah, we'll go with resourceful. And so we're in a resourceful <laughs> boat um, that has got six people in it. So it's really small. And we've all got our little life jackets on. Um, and this lake had like a funny little kink in it. Okay. It felt a bit like a lake within a lake. So it was a really small enclosed area. And the boat went in and width-wise, the sort of entrance to this funny little area was about three boats wide. So it wasn't very wide at all. Mm. And then it opened up a little bit. Anyway, we're in there and suddenly we realise we are absolutely flipping surrounded by hippos. Oh, wow. Like, there's no bit of water that doesn't contain a hippo. You can just see nostrils, like, popping up. Um, and at first, it was amazing. Um, and I started taking pictures. And then I thought, look, these pictures are fine, but I would like to see a picture of a hippo yawning. Because... I would like to be in inside the mouth of a hippo, please. <laughs> um, 
Well, no, but I'd, I wanted to get some good photos, you know, and Hippo yeah, with his mouth shut is fine, but with its mouth open and the big tusky things and the teethy things that it has would be incredible. Um, yeah. And I thought, well, I know with people, if you want to make a person yawn, you just... Oh, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought, I wonder if that works with hippos. <laughs> so I yawned really loudly people in the boat thought i was ridiculous and hilarious and so they see you're doing it too and so so they also started yawning at this hippo i then learned very quickly that hippos see that as a form of aggression oh god so we are surrounded by hippos all of them very angry yeah exactly the guy manages to sort of get the boat he doesn't want to turn the engine on because he doesn't want to get them cross so he's just using an oar to try and slowly like reverse the boat (laughs) out and there are loads of them and they start standing up and you you realize they are everywhere terrified absolutely terrified and we slowly get out of the jetty and the boat guy says something in Swahili to the people who are on the side, the other people who work there. And the next thing I know, there are people with guns. They are that worried about us that they think that there could be a situation. (laughs) And I'm thinking, this is horrific. It was awful. Like, it was terrifying. Really, really terrifying. And since then, not a huge fan of hippos. (laughs) Um, Now, the following year... We decided we saved up money for a house. Let's do the sensible thing and blow it on going to Africa again. Um, (laughs) So that's what we did. And we went out and it was just my husband and I and this tour guide and we're in a Jeep and he's driving round and he goes, oh, I'll take you down to where the the hippos wallow. I was like, we're staying in in the Jeep, aren't we? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You can get out, but we're not going on a boat. And I was like, brilliant. So we get out and... um, we just stood watching them and they're just, you know a relative distance away from us yeah nice and safe nice and safe um and he said oh you know oh, you're you're nervous of hippos ha 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 why is this ha ha ha, ha. <laughs> and so i told him and he said yawning at a hippo won't do anything i was like honestly we just yawned at a hippo now we were all talking about yawning so inevitably we all then started yawning oh god and this hippo looks me dead in the eyes and then absolutely legs it (gasps) absolutely legs it and hippos are so fast you'd imagine because they're absolute weighty like behemoths (laughs) you'd think they were slow they are not and this guy jumped in the jeep my husband is in front of me he jumps in his arms out like it's full-on jeeps driving off his arms out grabbing hold of me and he pulls me back in and that's it we're out of there it was awful Awful. I don't think Africa is is your place, Caroline. Never yawn at a hippo. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. At least you didn't get exactly what you asked for on a second date. And I can see the look on your face and you're thinking that this is going to be like a juicy story. Yeah. From a romance perspective. Yeah. Hate to break it to you, honey. Oh, no. (laughs) This is me we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So I matched with this guy and not that I have a type at all, but he was very much not the kind of guy I would normally see myself going for. He had like a big beard, 
tattoos, quite long hair, really beautiful eyes. Oh, he sounds um, like a gorgeous Viking. Very Vikingy. Yeah. He was a very caring, warm, kind of affectionate person. Unfortunately, you were um, after a creepy, cold. That's how I like it. That's how you like it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> creepy and cold. Come to mama. <laughs> Uh, if you uh, have any date requests, at at least you didn't. Just uh, you can find us on the socials. Uh, anyway, we digress. Uh, so you met this man who was not your type, who was beautiful and kind and caring. Um, and what you went on a date? We matched and we were chatting, and it was all going well. So we agreed that we would meet up. We did, and he was so nervous. You know when someone is so nervous that it makes you nervous even though there's nothing to be nervous of? Yes. It was that kind of situation. And we had really nice chats, but there wasn't really anything kind of romantic going on for me. However, and I think you have said this before, is that unless the first date is horrendous, you have to go on a second date. Yeah, like if you go on a first date and you think they're all right, they're a nice person, we get on, we've, we've had some banter... Yeah. You yeah. owe it to both of you to give it a second date because the spark may come. Yeah, because people are nervous on the first date, aren't they? So I thought, second date, we'll see how that goes. But please, God, let something spice this up. <laughs> so I did go to his house and we sat in the garden and um, we were chatting away. I don't think he knew what to say to me. And I was just like, blah, 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 blah. Me and my life, blah, blah, blah. I can understand um, his position, yeah. <laughs> so anyway it got a little bit chilly so we went inside we sat on the sofa and we watched a film and you know sometimes when you're on a date and you're just like in your head like literally screaming at the person in your head touch me (laughs) like do something i wasn't screaming that in my head i was screaming stay where you are (laughs) screaming that in my head to the point that (laughs) at one point he, so he used to be a personal trainer. Okay. And he'd got this like electronic massaging machine thing that he told me about before that's like, it's like a drill. Right. It's got like this like big kind of like spongy ball on the end. Okay. And you pull the trigger and the ball kind of goes in and out, in and out. Date's going well. And you're supposed to put it on your <laughs> on your knots in and your he, body. And he persuaded you this was an external body massager, did he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it had two little ears on it and I wasn't quite sure what they were for. <laughs> it was like very conveniently placed on the arm of the sofa and he kind of like picked it up and showed it to me. And he switched it on and then came at me at my thigh with it and I literally leapt up out of the sofa and I was like, no, get off! You asked for some spice. Keep your sex drill away from me. (laughs) That is not the thing that I was mentioning when I said something spiced things up. Wow. So he's got this cat, right? This cat that he is like obsessed with. And the cat, like he posts loads of pictures of him with the cat. And I have no, I'm no problem with people who love their cat. Like that's fine. It's kind of endearing. I think it's like quite a nice caring quality. Yeah, and he—that's him to a T. (laughs) Which, as we've already established, uh, not for you. I just need someone with a bit of zing, Caroline. I need a bit of kapow, and I got my kapow in the form of his cat coming through the cat flap, bringing us a little present. Oh, like a mouse. Oh, it was worse than a mouse, Caroline. A rat. 
it wasn't a rat. And I would go as far to say this is even worse than a rat. I think it's maybe on a par with a pigeon because of the amount of feathers you get with a pigeon. But I'm gonna come. I'm gonna spit it out, okay? okay. Like that cat did on the laminate, a bloody frog. Oh no! A frog, Caroline. And do you know the noise that a frog makes when it's in absolute terror? Yes, it screams like a human. It screams like a human child. Yes. Being massacred. Oh my god! It's the worst sound it, ever. This cat starts like biffing this poor frog around the laminate then picking it up then running over to another part of the floor splatting it back out on the floor again and this guy just reacts with zero sense of urgency <laughs> whereas i've i've now got my legs up on the sofa absolutely freaking the hell out were you because... just there yelling i'm a vegan i'm a vegan <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, am I going to have to give the kiss of life to this bloody frog? <laughs> Honestly, I don't like frogs. I like them from a distance. I like them, you know. In a pond, a, yeah. A, it, yeah, yeah. And he just goes to this cat, oh, Luna, what are you doing? I'm like, that is not that is not the level of response I need from you in this situation. This is why we are incompatible as partners, because when there's a frog flapping about on the floor, I need you on high alert. <laughs> he comes back from the kitchen with a large metal dustpin lid and an Amazon cardboard box, like a big cardboard box. And he's then galloping around the floor with two of the biggest, most cumbersome shaped and sized items trying to scrape up this poor frog. The sound it was making as the metal and the cardboard scraping oh. across the laminate floor and the sound of the frog and the sound of the cat going... Meow. It was horrendous, Caroline. When he finally got the frog out of the house, what number did you count to before you said, and now I have to leave? It was really hard because I couldn't even make the excuse, oh, I've got work tomorrow because I was bloody furloughed. <laughs> so I had no, I had nothing. <laughs> oh, I've, I've got, um, I've got that. Um, um, the, uh, oh, all the shops the, are shut. The, the uh, there's thing. nowhere I can go. I've got a terrible rash that the GP said they'd look at first thing in the morning. <laughs> Definitely sexually transmitted. <laughs> at least you did. Hang on, hang on. You did? Oh, yeah, you did. Oh, you did. So this is the part of the podcast where we revel in some disaster stories that are not our own. You have been sending us so many hilarious stories of mishaps you've been involved in. Please keep doing so. You could appear on the podcast. Uh, all you have to do is drop us a message either on Instagram or on Facebook. Just search for at least you didn't. This week, we have got a corker of a story <laughs> from Katie. Katie's from Lancashire. Uh, now, Katie... At least you didn't reveal a little too much of yourself on a family holiday. Oh. <laughs> Katie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not sure where to start with this. So let's just go back <laughs> to the beginning. Set the scene. We're in lovely, beautiful, sunny Catalonia. Me and my friend were on holiday with her parents. They were taking me on holiday for like my first ever abroad holiday. Oh, Amazing. So it's really hot, lovely hotel with two swimming pools. Oh. Just basking in the Greek sunshine for a week. 
beautiful. Couldn't ask for more, except <laughs> <laughs> I could have asked for less. <laughs> okay. Um, so one, one sunny morning, my friend's dad is already in the pool having a lovely swim. And me and my friend are, I don't know, preening ourselves, trying to make ourselves look as fabulous as possible. Um, and I have got a brand new tankini, which yes. I was very proud of at the time because tankinis, yes. They were the thing. Exactly. And especially for a curvier gal yes. like myself, a tankini is what you want. And mine was um, maybe slightly risque because it was like a halter neck one and it was... It showed off the girls. Yeah. yeah. Um, so me and my friend are sat on a sun lounger getting ready to go in the pool. And I just asked her, can you tighten up my straps? Because it was like a whole a neck that tied at the back. Uh, so I was like, can you tighten up my straps? Because obviously we don't want any accidents. No, forward thinking. I know. I, smart. Yeah. So she untied me. So I'm facing the pool and she sat behind me. And her dad is in the pool, but he's come to the side and he's kind of like treading water, just chatting away to us. So he's just kind of got his head popped out and his arms up on the side. And my friend, who I I trusted with my wardrobe choices for the day, as she was attempting to untie and then retie my tankini, let go. And the thing with the tankini is those straps aren't there for fun. Very important job. Um, and as I said, for a curvier gal, that job becomes very critical. Yeah. And, you know, they let me down. Or more to the point, she let them down. And so as she let go... It, it fell down. It's not like it's, you know, a padded bra or anything that's just going to stay there. It's a swimming costume material. So it fell completely down. Oh, no. Exposing my naked tits oh, to no. my friend's dad. Oh, no. He's <laughs> a lovely, lovely guy. But obviously this is not a situation he wants to find himself in. <laughs> seeing his daughter's friend exposed. Um <laughs> So in that kind of moment of horror, I think time stopped for all of us in a way. And <laughs> I just saw the, his eyes suddenly widen, his face drop, and he just turned around and swam away. <laughs> That's such a dad move. Swim away! Swim away! Yeah, it was lit. And, and we never spoke of it again, naturally. There is absolutely no getting away from, you know, pretending that you hadn't noticed. He is there looking at you, having a conversation, and all of a sudden, flop. They're ready to party and nobody invited them. I mean, <laughs> flop's a bit a bit insulting, Annabelle. I'd have gone with it. less of a flop and more of a pating. <laughs> No, um, in, on this occasion, I will back Annabelle up and say flop is exactly the right word. <laughs> to be fair, if it was mine, it'd be more like a wallop. <laughs> Enough to knock out a small puppy. Quite a large puppy, to be honest. If you want to be involved in our podcast, if you have a story for us on At Least You Didn't, just get in contact with us on the socials. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, At Least You Didn't. Right, let's get on with the podcast. Okay, 
to my little bag I go. Right, Caroline. At least you didn't do the worst thing imaginable on a children's play date. I feel like this is going to be a biggie. So when Arthur was like 18 months old, two years old, something like that, we moved from where we were living in Oxfordshire up to Yorkshire and I didn't know another living soul. Big move. That is a big move. Didn't know anyone. And so after I'd been there a few months, he started at nursery and he made a really good friend at nursery. And apparently it's really unusual for kids at that age to like make a best friend because they don't really notice each other or they just play in general. But him and this other little boy, Peter, were thick as thieves, Aww. always together, always holding hands, Aww. like having to sit next to each other at lunch, like loved each other. Um, and, you know, for as much as you can tell at pickup, Peter seemed like a nice kid. Uh, and I thought, do you know what? Maybe if Peter's a nice kid, maybe he's got nice parents. Maybe I can get in on this. <laughs> um, so I arranged for a play date for Peter to come round with his mum and dad in the vague hope that Rob and I might find some friends our age. Yeah, you could groom the parents. We could groom the parents. Like a triple date, if you will. <laughs> um, and uh, they'd recently had a, a little girl, Lucy. And Lucy was still small enough to be counted in weeks, not months. Okay. So she was still Tiny little, head. like little baby. Um, and so she was at that stage where she just woke up for a little bit, but mainly slept all the time. So they came around for the play date. She was awake for about an hour. The kids are playing away. Everything's going well. Um, and they were staying to, for dinner because obviously I need a chance to schmooze the parents. Yeah, you've got to I've thought this them. through. Got to impress them. So... Um, Served up dinner, went down well, everything's going well. Um, baby Lucy woke up for half a second and then she's like back to sleep again. Um, and then I go into the kitchen because obviously, I'm pressing them, there's not just one course here. You are schmoozing. Yeah. I'm not, I've thought it through. I'm not doing three courses. I don't want to look needy, but I want to have made a bit of an effort. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So what three courses would be needy, but two courses says, be my friend, I'm really cool. Yeah. Without being too desperate. Exactly. What did exactly. you make? Um, so I did an apple crumble because, you know, everyone loves an apple crumble. Wholesome. Who doesn't love a crumble? Who doesn't love a crumble? Yeah. Wholesome. Crumble I'm a wholesome freezer. person, you know. Look at my wholesome child. Look at my wholesome family. We're, we're all going to, let's bond. This is going to go really well. Um, yeah. And so I went into the kitchen and unfortunately I'm I'm not very good at quantity. Okay, yeah. So I'm very much an over-caterer. Much better to be an over-caterer. Than, than an under-caterer. Under exactly. That's what I always say when I'm looking at the massive pile of food that I've got left over. <laughs> um, and so the, the apple pie that I made was basically the same size as my oven. It was gigantic. <laughs> and so I took this huge apple pie out of the oven. And I'm there with the oven gloves. And I've already put some mats on the table. And everyone else is around the table. And I think, right, I'm just going to go and I'll just pop this straight on the table now because it's so big i can't really see where i'm going because it's massive you can't sort of see yeah. what's in front of you but it's fine it's my house i know where things are you got this sorted you know i know where the walls are and the doors are it'll be fine and so i walk through um and i look at the table and everyone's there you know my husband my little boy arthur peter uh, Peter's mum and dad, we're, we're good to go. So I walk Great. up towards the table and I have completely forgotten about baby Lucy. She's asleep on the floor. What, just loose on the floor, like a loose human being in the middle of the floor? 
yeah, they just sort of put like a blanket down. And so I forgot she was there. Uh, and I'm carrying this giant crumble and I can't see Um, and it's hot and you know you get to that point with oven gloves where yeah they're not heat proof forever no you start to get there it starts getting hot and you think quick gotta get to the table gotta get to the table yeah you you, you quicken your pace yeah so I started off walking like oh I'm carrying a big crumble better be careful and then I went into full like quick run 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 and so I'm running towards the table and I I kick baby Lucy. Oh, no. Yeah. And we've got wooden floors. And she just glides for like three metres oh, or something. Oh, God. And I looked at my husband's face and it was nothing but pure horror. Why did I marry you? Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> you please know I saved the crumble. <laughs> oh, good. Because that was the first thing on my mind. Um, and luckily, um, Peter and Lucy's mum uh, is a doctor <laughs> and uh, gave her a quick once over. She was fine. Are you still friends now? Do you know what? We're such good friends now that they've gone on and had another child. And you kicked her across No, no, no. I didn't kick him across the room. They've only gone and made me godmother. No. Yeah, I know. Wow. So... So actually, um, I did do the worst thing imaginable on a play date. I did kick a baby in the face. Um, but, you know, it all worked out well. And uh, and also, everyone loved the crumble. The crumble. I was just going to say, that crumble must have been great. <laughs> At least you didn't kick a baby. I tried to snog the vicar. At least you didn't show the bin many knickers. It could be worse. Thank you ever so much for listening to this week's podcast. If you liked it, please click subscribe and leave us a review. Of course you liked it. I mean, if you didn't like it, just keep it quiet. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> we don't need that kind of negativity. <laughs> if you would like to send us one of your embarrassing stories, please do. If you've got an at least oh, you didn't. Yes. DM us or find us on Facebook. We're at least you didn't on all of the socials. Please do send them in and we will get in touch with you and we'll get you on podcast. Right. Coming up on next week's episode, at least you didn't third wheel your parents on a date. Choose the wrong person to flirt with on uh, more than one occasion. Or send the worst drunken text message ever. <laughs>